1: Your Faithful Giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now, here's today's life-giving message.
2: I'm in my year of jubilee. I'm expecting celebration, emancipation, and restoration every day in Jesus' name. So God, we tell you we're open and we are ready. Speak, Lord come on we need to hear a word from you give us direction give us correction give us protection give us nurturing give us a nudge give us boldness give us the blessing give us favor everything we need don't let anybody walk out of this building or get off of an online platform not having heard from you and we thank you in advance answer prayers tonight God give clarity tonight God let us leave fulfilled let us leave filled tonight in Jesus name we pray can you just worship God for three seconds like he's about to answer and he's the God that answers by fire 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 fire. speak Lord in Jesus name somebody say I'm ready Let's go to work. So this new series this month is called Fire. Shout Fire. So we have taught you so far that our God is fire. And Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 24, it says, For the Lord your God, say, He's my God. This is important because God can't be your mama's God, your daddy's God, your cousin's God, your niece's God, your uncle's God, your bishop's God. At a certain point, you're going to have to know God for yourself. And I'm so excited that everything you've been going through has been God introducing himself to you because you heard other miracles and you never saw them for yourself. You heard other people's testimonies, but you never saw one for yourself. I'm so glad that God's been introducing himself to you. Is there anybody in this building or online where you've watched God introduce? Introduce himself to you in a way you've never seen him before. So you thought you knew everything there was to know about God until you went through a fire. And then you met him at a whole nother level. You thought you'd seen every miracle he could work until you inter- reintroduced to him in a whole nother way. Open your mouth, they Say, he is my God. For the Lord, your God is a consuming fire, and consuming fire means to burn up, which means God says there are some things that when he shows up, he's going to burn up in your life. If there's something that's burning up, you cannot rebuke it because you cannot rebuke God. There's some relationships that are burning up, and all you need to say is burn, baby, burn. There's some friendships that are burning up, and all you need to say is burn baby burn listen there are some thoughts of what your future was going to be that god says your idea was way too small and i just need you to let that thing burn baby burn he's a consuming fire and it means to burn up then it means to devour then it means to dine and you see the concept of god dining as a fire with moses there's a burning bush Say, burning bush And this burning bush is when God introduces himself to Moses. The bush is burning and God begins to speak to Moses and have an interaction with Moses and to dine with Moses. When you think of dining, it's God sitting down with you and saying, let's have a conversation. Sometimes the only time you pay attention is when God sets something on fire and it makes you sit down. Listen. Is there anybody in this building or or online where you are used to going, 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 going? And sometimes God will set things on fire and it will make you sit down and it will make you pay attention. It'll make you sit down and say, God, wait a minute, something's got to change. It'll make you sit down and say, wait a minute, God, what do you want from me? It'll make you sit down and say, God, I can't keep living like this. Something has got to change. To burn up, to devour, to die. Then it means to eat her. So this literally, I love this word because the Bible says that God, he's a consuming fire, so he will literally be an eater. He will eat anything that is not productive for you, which means sometimes you have to learn how to let go. You're ready without an explanation. What do you mean? There will be people that will walk out of your life and then you want to know, well, I want to know why they, mm-mm. you just need to say, God ate that up. That didn't have any place in my future. There'll be friends that ghost you and you'll be like, well, I just want to know why they did that to me. I'm going to text them. You better not text them. God says, I ate that up because it has nothing to do with your future. It has nothing to do with where you're going. And then here's my favorite de- definition of fire in Hebrew, the language of our old testament it means to go up shut your mouth which means anytime God sets something on fire he only sets it on fire because he's about to take it up now if he sets one area of your life on fire that one area is about to go up but for some of y'all if you look around every area of your life looks like it's on fire and here's why that's good news he's about to take you up now make sure you sit next to somebody but their life has been on fire lately and just touch them and say you're about to go up come on your family's going up your finances are going up your faith is going up your mindset's going up your business is going up your ministry's going up your prayer life for everything about you that's on fire is about to go up let's go the bible says he is a jealous god And jealous does not mean that God wants what you have because what you have, he gave you. So so when people have this ideology like God is some jealous boyfriend that's stalking you, no. He is not behind the bushes trying to figure out whose house you over. He's not, you ready? He was in the house before you got there because he's omnipresent. So there's nowhere I can go that God hasn't been there's no place I can step where God has not already stepped there before I got there. Jealous means that he is impassioned about you. In other words, God says, I'm on fire about you. This is why I don't let some people around you because they're too passive about you. They don't know how to handle you. They don't know how to receive you. They don't know how to value you. So God says, I'm passionate about you, which is why sometimes a lot of what you say was a failed relationship or a failed friendship or a failed job or a failed this or that. It's really not a failure it was that his passion had to shut down their passive here's what you're about to shout about every person that God had to dismiss from your life because they were too passive about you God says if I'm passionate about you I cannot have people around you that are passive around you because they won't recognize your gifted they won't recognize your anointed they won't recognize your call they won't re- that's why Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel were friends, because they all recognized that we are all, watch me, we are all called by God. God's got his hand on all of us, which means you can't handle me wrong, I can't handle you wrong, and all of us know how to handle the fire together. That somebody said he's passionate about you. God is so passionate about you. He says that if you don't pray for your enemies, you better read the book of Job. God says he's so passionate about you that when Job's friends had done him wrong and gave him mixed counsel, God says, if you don't pray for them, my judgment's about to come get them. God is so passionate about you. Say, how passionate is he? That if you make your bed in hell, the Bible says he will come down to hell just to be next to you and let you know, but I still love you, but I still got a plan for you. And if you got a pulse, I still got a plan. He's so passionate about you that even when you doubt him, talking about you a Muslim, even when you doubt him, talking about I don't know if I do church no more. Even when you doubt him, talking about I don't know if I believe in God no more. He's so passionate about you. and Even when you run from him, his love comes running. Is there anybody in this building or online where you tried to run from God and you watch your passionate God run after you? Oh my God! Lay your hands on yourself. Say, He's running after me. Let's go. He is jealous. He is impassioned. He's on fire about you. It took it took passion for him to get on the cross be humiliated, be, be slapped around. Listen, listen, it, it, it took passion. It took passion. It took fire for him to go through that experience and stand on that and hang on that cross, be humiliated, put a crown of thorns on his head, be pierced in his side, be spit on, be mocked, be ridiculed. See, you ain't got but one time to say something sideways to me. Jesus hung on that cross, and they talked sideways to him. What Savior is this? What kind of Messiah is this? What kind of God is this? He, he is on the cross. He healing other people, but he can't get himself on the cross. But God says, I'm so fired up about them that I can deal, and watch me, the Bible says that he suffered and he despised the shame. He despised it, which means God says, I know that I really should curse you, you and your mama. I could call down legions of angels to take all of y'all out. I could get off of this cross and shut the whole thing down, but I'm fired up about, say your name. I'm so fired up about you. Other people don't think you're worth much, but I think you're worth dying for now who could not serve a God like that he's jealous he's impassioned he's on fire about us demanding what is uniquely here so God says because I'm on fire for you God says I need you to be on fire for me yeah. this is why every harvest experience people say ooh the energy's always high okay you, you call it energy but really what it is is this it's just we on fire yeah. See, because watch me, watch me, watch me, fellas. If you if you ever if you ever find the right one, please understand. Please understand. She ain't gonna have to beg for nothing, cause you are gonna be on fire for it And you ladies already know he ain't even got to be the right one. If he got a pulse, some of you ladies will settle for a lot these days. And I pray your standards come up. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me. That was a rebuke. <laughs> yeah. Ladies, when you find the right one, he ain't got that. Listen, you study him. You figured out that he like his coffee with two creams. Y'all ain't like going to say nothing. When you find the right one, you discover that he don't like his steak in cubes. He likes it sliced. Y'all, y'all like say you, When you find the right one, you'll discover, wait a minute, don't bring him that. He don't like his drink with his meal. Bring that later. So how can you be fired up about a man or a woman and not be fired up about the God that's fired up about you? This is why I don't need a praise team, because when I think of the goodness of, man, I get fired up. Listen, why you got so much energy? Because I'm fired up. Why you keep going? Because I'm fired up. Why won't you quit? Because I'm fired up. Please tell somebody, say, I'm fired up about him. Why well, you shout like that in church? I'm fired up about him. Why you run like that in church? I'm fired up about it. Why are you always on your job telling people I'm fired up about it? You ready? Now, some people say it don't take all of that. Well, but see, but see, see, listen, see. Okay, well, here's the deal. If he answers by fire, then how how do you answer with silence? If he answers by fire, how in the world do you answer by not saying anything? Listen, the Broncos played Sunday, right? From my understanding, they didn't win, right? Did they win? They did not win. They did not win, okay. But you know what's interesting? Is that people were still shouting. It ain't, it ain't no shade. We love the Broncos. We got Bronco players that are harvesters. We love them. You ready? Okay. Pay attention. It ain't no shade. Pay attention. Pay attention. Pay attention. But he's never lost the battle. So I'm about to give everybody one opportunity then I got to move on. Just let your God know that you're not more fired up about stuff or people than you are about him. On three, you just let him know with your praise. One, two, three, go. Fired up, fired up, fired up. I'm fired up, I am fired up. How are you still sitting down? I am fired. Woo. Come on, somebody shout! I'm fired up. <laughs> Come on, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. let Make sure we understand that. So, not only is our God fire. Say, God is fire. Say, but God uses fire. Luke 12, 49. I have come to ignite a fire on the earth. So what is fire? It comes from this word, peer, which means to transform all that it touches so it's never the same. Which means when fire touches something, it never, ever goes back to being the same. You ever been around somebody fired up and they got you fired up? You ever ever been around somebody that, that was so on fire that even when you wanted to have an attitude... See, some of y'all are sitting next to a fire starter that even though you're trying to sit there and not really talk to your neighbor, they say, on, so on fire, you're like, well, I'm fired up too. Some of you are watching online with people who are so fired up that when you get around them, when you get around them, even when you want to have an attitude, even when you want to be quiet, even when you want to be negative, but you cannot do it. Fire touches everything and transforms everything that it touches, so it's never the same. But here it is. Fire is paradoxical, which means it's simultaneously contradictory. What does that mean? fire is antagonism, hostility, and opposition, at the same time, passion, excitement, and zeal, which means I'm being antagonized, but the more you antagonize me, the more passion I get. In fact, for some of you, let's be honest, the only reason you've done certain things is because certain people told you you couldn't. (laughs) Y'all ain't gonna say that? The only reason you did certain things is because everybody else says, well, that's impossible. Well, maybe it's impossible for you. But see, I don't read the word impossible the same way you do. You read it as impossible. I read it as I'm possible. You better read that a whole nother way. Somebody say it's possible for me. All right then it means hostility. So the hostility that comes against me, watch me, at the same time, it's really producing more excitement in me, which means I would have been fine until you, until you got hostile. Anybody have been in a school fight? Anybody have been in a school fight? School fight, okay. So when I was in second grade, and I remember it, when I was in second grade, no, I remember, because that boy never did that to me again. Oh no, when I was in second grade, I had hair. I had, hair, I, was just, I had hair, and I had hair. And so this little kid, he kept messing with me on the playground. And so I was just minding my business, doing what I was doing, and all that over there on tetherball. I was doing all this other stuff, and this boy just kept messing with me. He threw rocks at me. And then I was, okay, so then I had rocks in my hair. You know, so I'm getting the rocks out of my hair. Then he came and pushed me down. And you know, and where I'm from, uh, you know, we love, the, we love the Lord. But I wish a ninja would. Yeah. <laughs> See, some of y'all hope don't nothing happen. <laughs> Where I'm from, we wish something would. Okay, listen. <laughs> okay, so, so, so he did all that. He was doing all that. And, then, and so I cried. I was, I was hollering for help. So then he pushed me down. Then he was, I was on my back, and he stabbed me with something in my back. It was a whole assault. It really was. Now that I think about this, I might. like That's <laughs> second grade. No, it It's second grade. It was second grade. So there was something in my back. Some in my back, and all I did is I felt when I stood up, I felt that blood was dripping down from my back. So I said, so I was hollering out to when they used to have they call them pros at the school. Do they still have those? Okay, I was I was hollering out to the paraprofessional. Her name her name her name was uh, uh, Carolyn, and I was hollering oh. out, and she just laughed. <laughs> And I said, this is not a ha-ha situation. Your boy is doing a little too much. He's been hostile towards me. And I kept trying to go away. Pay attention. I kept trying to run away. Pay attention. I kept trying to go the opposite direction. Pay attention. But the more hostility that he brought my way, I was like, okay, all right, I guess you're just going to have to stir up some excitement in me. And so after that last thing, whatever he did, I flipped. Now, this is not encouraging violence. some of y'all feel real judgmental by the face right through here you ready but 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 i was hollering out to i was hollering out for help and help didn't show up pay attention sometimes god won't let help show up because you're gonna have to figure out how to help yourself in this situation so all i'll say is what i did was necessary to ensure that old boy did not continue down the course of action in which he was going down And all I know is that after that, he came to me and said, I'm so sorry. I did not mean I said, yeah, you're sorry, all right. I bet you. Listen, all of a sudden, there was this excitement that rose up. And for some of you, God says, you are too passive. So I have to allow hostility because it's the only thing that gets you excited about anything. Then opposition. Opposition means something's coming against me. Come on. Come on. You did so good on Sunday. The 915, I was concerned because he was trying to take me out of here, all right? Come on, come on, you're good, you're good, come on, come on. Opposition. Okay, so whenever I see opposition, something is coming against me, something is trying, instead of being mad at the opposition, what you need to do is look on the other side of the opposition and say, what are you trying to keep me from? Because too many Christians look at opposition and say, maybe God doesn't want me to do this. Or maybe God wants you to have some zeal when you do it. Because there's something on the other side of your opposition that's going to be an, um, an opportunity. There's something on the other side of your opposition that's going to be exactly what you prayed for. And I just need you to encourage the person next to you. Please touch him on the shoulder and say, this opposition is an opportunity for you. See, Pharaoh never should have came against the Hebrews. The Bible says that the more that they uh, 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 antagonized them and the more that they afflicted them, the more that they multiplied and grew, which means the more you start stuff with me, the more stuff God's going to start for me. The more you try to come against me, the more God is going to keep on pushing me. Can I get you to prophesy with your hands and somebody just put your hand on their back? Say, God's about to give you a push. Come on online, type it in the comments. Push! So it's it's these three paradoxical things that are true about fire at the same time. And I taught you that God uses fire to do four things. Number one, fire is your aegis. That means it is your protection. Number two, I taught you that fire ameliorates you. That means it makes you better. Number three, I taught you that fire makes you aware. Whenever you pray for clarity god starts a fire whenever you pray to be better god starts a fire whenever you pray for protection god starts a fire some of the arguments that came out of nowhere were god starting a fire so that you did not take that further number four fire is used by god to advance you and to accelerate you which means whenever god wants to take you further faster what does he do he starts a fire now this is important because fire is spiritual say it's spiritual Isaiah 4-4, he will cleanse by a spirit of fire. Now, let's just deal with this verse for a moment. You know, it says anytime I want to clean something up, I'll start a fire. Some of y'all said, Lord, just just change my life, clean my life. He said, okay, I'm going to start a fire. And I'm going to burn up everything that's dirty and you don't even know it. I'm going to burn up everything that does not belong. He will cleanse by a spirit of fire. So fire is spiritual. God is fire, which means you cannot rebuke fire. This is why some of you are like, there's so much going on in my life. I just rebuked the devil. It's not the devil. See, one of the worst things that ever happened was that Christianity adopted some of Greek mythology that made God the the God of the heavens, which is Zeus. And then Satan, the god of the underworld, which was Hades, that's not Bible. That's not Bible at all. In fact, most of the concepts that people have of hell exist from something called Dante's Inferno, which is a mythological construct. It's not a biblical construct. The Satan does not control fire. God controls fire. Which means anytime there's a fire, I can't rebuke it. I can't stop it because I cannot stop God. So whenever I find my life on fire, instead of being mad, I just need to learn how to celebrate the fire. I'm going to give you an opportunity. We got to move on Wednesday night. But if you got some fires going on in your life, can you stop being mad about it? Can you stop trying to rebuke the devil? And can you just say, thank you, God, for my fire? It forces some things. And I showed you this example that whenever God is trying to get something done, he will force it and he'll force it by fire. There are some things that God says, I'm going to force this door open for you. Since they wouldn't open it, I'll force it open. So I'll set them on fire so that they have to, so that the door has to open for you. I will force it to happen. Can you just make this declaration and so say he's about to force some things to happen? They wouldn't apologize, so God says, I'm going to force them to do that. Shut the door, please. Uh, Watch me. They they didn't get it, so I'm going to force them to do it for you. They didn't handle you right, so I'm going to force them to handle you right. They didn't want to give you the job, so now I'm going to force them to give you the job. They didn't want to respect you, putting God first and coming to church, so I'm going to force them to do it for you. I just need you to make this declaration and say, God will force it. He will force it. Now, now, now listen, listen. Um, fire, since it's spiritual, that means it's not bound by natural laws, laws like time. So fire can go to your past, clean it up, to your future, get it ready. It's not bound by location. A fire can be in one place that you think, but then God send it into your future in a whole nother place. And this is why some of you, you ready for this revelation? Uh, listen, this is for me too. You ready? You're dealing with resistance from places you don't live yet. Okay. And the reason you're dealing with that resistance is because that fire is not bound by one geographical location. You're dealing with resistance from a job that you haven't even interviewed for yet. You're missing it, you're missing it, you're missing it. Because if God is fire and God controls fire, that means any resistance that you feel like is a force against you, God says that what's really happening is that that thing is creating the resistance in your present, but it's actually coming from something that's in a totally different location than where you are currently located. See, for some of you, the reason your fire is so big in your present is because in your future location, there. uh-uh. Wednesday 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 you didn't get it because your response should be better see you're currently working in the department the fire you're dealing with is because you're about to run the department I got Bible to back this up say back it up Bishop so, so, so David is confronting a Goliath. Goliath represents fire. He is a force. He's antagonizing them. Come on, preach, bishop. He is hostile towards them, preach, bishop. He's opposition to them. But David runs toward Goliath because David recognizes, watch me, that if God is fire and fire is spiritual, there's no need in me running from a fire. I run to the fire because I'm actually running to my car. But David... Why are you fighting Goliath? Why are you fighting Goliath? You're between the age of 14 and 16 years old. The king doesn't want to fight Goliath. All of the warriors don't want to fight Goliath. That's because they're afraid of the fire come on Wednesday I need you to be the type of person that when fire starts you're like I am not afraid of this why because I've been taught that God is fire and that fire is spiritual so while you're running from it I'm running into it while you're scared like it's gonna burn the house down no it's about to get me a bigger one while you're scared like it's about to burn your life down no it's about to build my life up while you're scared like everything's about to end this fire is about to be my new beginning Let's go. Let's go. So, so David runs to the fire and he's fighting. He fights Goliath and it's not really a fight because if I had time to teach you and I don't uh, about this particular issue, David actually never did what you think he did. The Bible says that David divined and to divine means David prophesied. And if you pay attention to the story, um, Goliath actually awakes from his slumber. But Goliath didn't have his helmet on. He had taken it off because he was sleeping. Which mean, I guess I may as well teach it since I'm here. Which means David, 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 David got into Goliath's mind by beginning to speak. Let's talk. See, for some of you, watch me. The enemy's been playing mind tricks with you. You about to play mind tricks with... Th- he began, he began to divine. He began to divine. Which means David began to prophesy that Goliath was gonna die. And you saw what he was gonna say because he began to say, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine and dare to fight the armies of the living God? So you think that David actually went out there and fought. What David really did is David began to divine. In fact, the Bible says he took his shepherd's staff and he divined, which means he took what he was in as a shepherd with the sheep and what they meant to be evil because his brothers thought if we put you out here with the sheep you're not going to be anything but what you didn't realize is what you tried to use to punish me God used to prepare me so David takes his shepherd's staff and David begins to speak and he begins to say and I will conquer you Goliath and he begins to divine he begins to prophesy so Goliath is defeated watch me with no fight and for some of y'all you about to speak yourself out of this you about to talk yourself out of this you about to speak yourself into your next David never had to fight Goliath David prophesied you shall come down and I came to tell somebody every giant that's in your life I need you to open up your mouth say, it's about to come down. Put a praise behind that and push it. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Fire is not bound by natural law. I like Wednesdays. It's always great feeding hungry people. You ready? It's not bound by natural law. Time, location, distance, nor natural expectations. Most of us, when we think of fire, we always think of a negative outcome we always think of a of a negative outcome but the reality is if it's not bound by natural law which means fire for other people may have a negative outcome but for those that believe in the lord every fire always works for our works for our good so what did i teach you on sunday about the phoenix that you are a phoenix a phoenix is this mythological creature That was created. And it literally means this up. Literally, the word Phoenix means up. It means up. Open your mouth, please. And say up. (sighs) Thank you, Jesus. All right. A Phoenix means up. Then it means to rise, which means watch me. If I'm on the rise, that means I had to start from somewhere that was lower than where I currently am. Y'all better hear me. And for some of you, because you, watch me, because you're on the rise, you're not even paying attention to the fact that you're not where you were when you started. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. When you're the thing that's rising, sometimes you can't even pay attention to the fact that you've been rising because you're the thing that's rising. And sometimes you don't even recognize how much you've risen until you're able to look down at what you used to be looking at. Come on, I just need you to make this declaration and say, I may not be where I want to be, but I can thank God. That I'm not where I used to be. Somebody say, I'm on the rise. It means up. It means to rise. It means unique. Uni. Unique. Unique. You are not like everybody else. And one of the things the enemy uses to, to get people in depression and anxiety into deep, dark places is comparison of yourself as a phoenix to them as a chicken. Shuck it, duck it, quack, quack. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me. See, see, you're a whole phoenix, which means, watch me, fire for chicken grills it. Y'all don't like chicken in here?
0: Everybody's vegan?
2: Hot oil for a chicken fries it. But oil for us anoints us. <laughs> I'll talk over here because y'all don't shout over here. Being grilled for a chicken gives you some grilled chicken. But whenever we're grilled, all it does is give us promotion. Okay, check the principle. So one of the worst things that you could do as a phoenix is begin to compare your unique self. You, You don't think like everybody else. You don't walk like everybody else. You don't talk like everybody else. And what he wants you to do, the enemy wants you to think something's wrong with you because you're not regular. You're not like other men. You're not like other women. You're not like other people in your profession. You're not like other people who do what you do. But what the enemy wants you to do is to lose your unique. So that you need unique, unique. So that now you're trying to be what you're not. So then you never do what you should do and could do. Because you're trying to. Be like everybody else. Say, I am unique. Now, let's be clear. This does not mean that we defy the word of the Lord in the name of unique. This does not mean that we do our own thing against what God's word says in in the name of being unique. This does not mean that we say things like just follow your heart. Bible don't say that. That's not being unique. This doesn't say just, uh, uh, you know, just believe in yourself. Mm -mm, I believe in the God in me. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ. Because every now and then, I might wild out. Every now and then, I might lose my mind. Every now and then, I might not want to fight. Every now and then, I might want to send everybody a text that's cussing everybody out. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me Wednesday. Your neighbor's been there before. Look at your neighbor and say, I've been there before. You ready? All right. But then you are Remarkable. Re, mark, Re, again, mark, able. Which means wherever you go, you leave a mark. And what the enemy wants to do is to make you think that your greatest marks are in your past. That you'll never, ever reach that level again. You'll you'll never, ever. So then you have people who live in the past because they feel like those are where all their good days are. Like all of their good days are in their past. Now, realizing that they are remarkable, which means I can make another mark wherever I am. Mm-hmm. See, for some of y'all, God will snatch you out of one environment and you're so fearful of a new one because you're like, I don't know, can I do it, am I able, am I And God is like, you are re able which means if you start a new job, you're going to make another mark. If you start in a new city, you're going to make another mark. If you get a new group of friends, you're going to make another mark. And for some of you, I came to tell you, your best marks are going to be now and the end of this year. Let's go. Come on, Wednesday. I just need you to act like you're making marks. I'm making marks. Prophesy with your hands. I'm making marks. You're going to make marks in your school. You're going to make marks in your family. You're going to make marks in education. You're about to make another? Let's go. Let's go. You are remarkable. So say, say, I am a phoenix. And what does the phoenix do? The phoenix sets itself on fire. Then it rises from the ashes, renewed and reinvented. The phoenix literally sets itself on fire because it recognizes the me that I was to get to where I am is insufficient to get to where I'm going. Who you were was good enough to get you to where you are, but for where you're going, you're going to have to be reinvented. Okay, it's quiet in the building. See, you can, you can, you can drive your car into certain places in the mountains, but then once you get to certain places off-road, you cannot take your sedan, you're going to have to take something that's specially designed for the terrain in which you're about to occupy. And I came to tell some of y'all that God is literally reinventing you right now. Because watch me, who you were was good enough to get you to where you are. But for where you're headed, God says, I got to set that on fire. Because I'm going to need a whole nother version of you to come out. And for everybody where God has got you on fire right now because he's reinventing you with no music, just lift your hands and worship your God for five seconds right there. Five. Come on in the building, end line. Four. God, we thank you. Three. God, we honor you and we bless you. Two. Set us on fire. Now, here's what's interesting. The cycle repeats. Which means once I get to this level, hold on, let me, let me, I'm going to show you, I'm going to walk this out. <laughs> Somebody said, let's walk it out. Okay. Come on, camera four, let's go. Right. So when you're down here, right, Phoenix sets itself on fire. Then it reemerges up here. And then you'd be like, I'm good, I'm good, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. Ooh, ain't he good? Won't he do it? Won't he make a way? And God was like, yeah, that was cute. But you I me let's use can I use income yeah. so this was cute when, when you were doing you know 40 and 50 year that was good okay but I need you to set yourself on fire because the next level you can't handle this new tax bracket like you did your previous tax bracket so I'm gonna set you on fire you're gonna have to make a budget now you're gonna have to get some professionals to do your taxes and not your grandma name in the Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. You're going to have to reinvent yourself. You can't just roll out the bed and walk into the office. You're going to have to walk in with a power suit on. You're going to have to walk in there like you own it. So I'm going to set you on fire, and then you're about to level up. And once you get to this level, I'm going to set you on fire, and then you're about to level up. But wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I didn't just go up levels here. Here... I change dimensions. And for some of y'all, you're like, I just don't know what's going on in my life. I tell you, God's reinventing you because you're not just going up another level. You're about to go up to a whole nother dimension, which means the me you saw at the beginning of September. is not going to be the me you see at the end of. Se- Am I preaching to anybody? Then, then, you get up here. Look, look, It's a whole lot of fire up here. Because, because if you can't handle fire, you can't handle favor. If you can't handle fire, you ready? You can't. Listen, if you tripping down there because somebody said one little crazy thing about you on Facebook, and now you're talking about, I'm going to shut my profile down. No, block her crazy behind. and look. Li- it's a whole lot of fire up here, but I need you to make this declaration over your life. Please say, "But I'm not, of the fire. I'm not scared of the fire." So, so, so I showed you somebody that God did this to on Sunday. I showed you Elisha. The ox herder was reinvented, and he becomes a man of God. And listen, he he does double the miracles that his leader Elijah did. He prayed for a double portion, and he got a double portion, and he did double. He was fine being an ox herder, but God said, I'm going to set your life on fire and you're going to become something totally different than what you were before. See, for some of you, what you knew is about to change. What you're used to doing is about to change. How you're used to living is about to change. Where you're used to living is about to change. Come on, say, things are about to change. So tonight, tonight, for the last few minutes I got, <laughs> uh, for the last few minutes I got, say God is, God is reinventing me. There's a man named Saul who was reinvented by God into a man named Paul. See, you know him as Paul, the man that penned two-thirds of what we call the New Testament, Brit Shah. You know him as Paul. But the reality is that's not where he started. He starts as this man named Saul. That's the English version of Shaul, which is a Hebrew name. His name was changed because of who he was created to reach. Shaul was known as a Hebrew name. So anywhere he went, people would have known this is a Hebrew. But Paul was called to reach Gentiles non-hebrew people so they were not going to listen to a man called shaul because the hebrews and the gentiles the hebrews looked down on the gentiles so the gentiles had an issue with the hebrews because they were like y'all think y'all better than us in the first place so if you're going to reach these people you cannot reach them coming at them like you're better than them They're not going to hear you. So his name is changed to Paul because God had to set his life on fire and reinvent him. And for some of you, listen to me, what you were walking into this month is not going to be who you are when you walk out of this month. Wednesday, I'm almost done, but just say God is reinventing me. So let me show you this. In Acts chapter 8 and verse 1, and Saul was there giving approval for Stephen's death. Stephen was one of the early deacons or servant leaders in the church. And Saul was there giving approval to Stephen's death, which means he had to sign off on a Christian being stoned to death. And the Bible says that they stoned Stephen to death. Can you imagine the agony of being stoned to death? And Saul, not only does he approve it, Saul stands there and he watches it. He watches a Christian be killed. Little does he know you're about to make more Christians. See, I'm trying to tell some of y'all the life you used to live. Little do you know you're about to go convert some of the people you used to do your dirt with. Oh, my God. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Verse 3, but Saul began to destroy the church. But if you read all of his books in the New Testament, he's building up the church. Okay, you're going to catch it in just a second. You're going to catch it in just a second. He dragged off men and women and put them in the prison. So this is how we're introduced to Saul. He's approved of Stephen's death. He's standing there watching him. He's dragging off men and women and putting them into prison because they are Christians. There is no other reason that he is doing this to them except for the fact that they are Christians. And Saul was a well-educated Hebrew. He studied at the feet of one of the leading rabbis of the day, his name was Gamaliel. so Saul is a Hebrew of Hebrews as he describes himself. But in Acts chapter nine, God sets his life on fire. Now, I want some of y'all to pay attention because God plays the numbers. It was first Kings 19 that Elisha's life was set on fire. It's Acts chapter nine that Saul's life is set on fire because nine is the biblical number of birthing, fruitfulness, progress and productivity. For those of you who haven't figured it out yet, as I'm preaching this message, uh, we are in the we're in the ninth month, which means somebody say, this is my reinvention month. As Saul drew near, as Saul drew near, pay attention to what God does. God lets him set up a plan to go to a place called Damascus. I'm almost on Wednesday, but you getting something tonight? God lets him make a plan to go to a place called Damascus. And what Saul doesn't know is that on Damascus, his entire life is about to change. Uh, Damascus, you want to know what it means? On fire. Okay, I'll talk over here because they don't shout over here. <laughs> God says, I'm about to set your life on fire. And the Bible says that as he's on his road to Damascus, suddenly a light shone all around Paul. You ready? Or all around Saul because his name is not changed yet. Say, a light from heaven flashed around him. There are sometimes that God will show up as a light that blinds you, so you don't know where you're going. You don't know what you're doing. Watch me. And it's not that you're in darkness, you're just in light, but sometimes the light can be so bright, it feels like darkness. Wait, 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 wait. For some of you all right now in your life, you're like, it just feels so dark. It is not that God has left you. It is not that God is not with you. It's that sometimes light is so bright that it makes the same impact in your life as if it's darkness. So you'll say God is absent. God is like, no, I'm not absent. This is light is just so bright that you don't know where you're going. You don't know what you're doing because I'm about to reinvent you. I feel like preaching right through here. Would you look at somebody and say, this is God. This is God. Let's go, let's go. Verse four, he fell to the ground, and he heard a voice say to him, "Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me?" Verse five, who are you, Lord? Shut up. Who are you, Lord? Who are you, Lord? Which, which means, which means you know this is God. Here's what's crazy about where your neighbor is right now in this building and online, is that as much as it's uncomfortable. As much, as much as it is aggravating, antagonizing, and high, as much as it's all of that, you know it's God. Online, do the hand waving emoji in the comments <laughs> if you know it's God. In the building, it just wave at me if you know it's God. He says, "Who are you, Lord?" Saul asked. In other words, I know this is God. This is why even though part of you is like, you should just stop. The other part of you is like, but I know this is God. Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Next verse. Now, he says, now get up. In other words, pay attention. He's riding into Damascus. Damascus means what? On fire. He didn't know, he was just doing, look at me, he was just going through his natural day, his normal life, riding his animal, and he rode right into a fire. <laughs> what fire? All, all you were doing was just going through your day. And you just rode right into a When he gets in the fire, he's knocked on the ground. Bright light can't see. He hears a voice, listen, but he can't see. The people that are with him hear the voice, but they can't see who's talking. Okay, you'll listen. You'll get it in a minute. You get it. In a minute. We walk by voice, not by. Now you missed this. I'm gonna roll it again. Let me back that down. All right, let me back it up. You ready? Faith comes by hearing. For something to be heard, something has to be spoken. Which means faith really comes by voice. So, so, look, 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 look. Wait, 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 wait. So, so, whenever God wants to increase your faith, God says, I have to let a light shine that keeps you from seeing because you're going to have to listen to my this is why I can't miss church I need to hear his this is why I can't miss a pop-up I need to hear his this is why I can't miss prayer I need to hear his voice you ready? you ready? let's go he says, he says, he says Get up, go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. (laughs) Get up. So he's on Damascus, he's on fire. Get up. Somebody say, I got to get up. He says, now go into the city, you're going to be told what you must do. Look at the next verse. It says, Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could not see a thing. So you'd think, now that I know what to do, that you would let me see where I'm going. But somebody say, no, no. I got to wrap this up. But when he opened his eyes, he could not see a thing. I want you to pay attention. When he opened his eyes, he, the light was so bright, he shuts them. And the only thing he can do is hear. The only thing he can do is listen. This is why, watch me, I know if I'm talking to you by your response, this is why the truth is, lately, you've been feeling like you have no clue where you're... Nobody? Nobody? Like, I know I'm doing something, but I don't really know All right, let's go. When he opened his eyes, he could not see a thing. So they led him by the hand into what? Damascus. He's on the road called Damascus. But God says, you're not, listen, Wednesday, you're not far enough in this fire yet. Come here. So, so, okay, close your
1: eyes. So.
2: So he's so the guys that are with him, they heard the voice too. They lead him all the way into Damascus. Now, this is a man that's used to calling shots, and now shots are being called for. This is a man that's used to, this is a man that's used to taking over, and now somebody's got to take him by the hand. See, let me help some of y'all. What you're in right now is called humility. Because you, I, I can do this, I can do this, I can do that, I can do this. You're overqualified and they won't call you back. Am I talking to anybody? And you're thinking to yourself, you can get me for a deal right now because I might take it. You ready? <laughs> you ready? So he's now led by the hand. He was the one that approved Stephen's murder. And now he has to be careful that. Because God says, I'm about to teach you. You're so used to running everything. I'm going to teach you. I'm God. God says, I'm about to teach you. Where do we start tonight? That I am your God. Come on, Wednesday. I'm about to show you that besides me, there is no other. Next verse. Let's go. So watch. Let's go. For three days... He was without sight. Whoa. Say, Trace. Is it Diaz? Diaz. Everybody say, Trace Diaz. Trace Y'all know that's southern Spanish for me. You gotta say it a little, you know, a little gringo-y, you know. Uh, Trace Diaz. Trace Dias. <laughs> You know, I don't just have tacos, I have, you know, brisket tacos. Listen, you know <laughs> fried chicken tacos, you know what I'm saying? All right, let's go. It's southern Spanish. Okay, let's go. For three days he was without sight. Which means, God says, I'm not gonna let you see where you're going. But I'm taking you further into this fire. Cause where did they take him further into Damascus? God says, I, I just, you going to have, yeah, just, yeah, you may trip a little bit, but yeah, yeah. We ain't got time to fall. Go, oh uh, come on, come on, uh, move, move your, uh, wait a minute. Pick it up, there you go. All right, come on, come on, come on. I'm taking you further into this fire. Because Paul, when you come out, you went in the fire as Saul, but you're coming out as Paul. Look at me. He was without sight, and he did not eat or drink what anything. Say it was a forced fast. We got we to gotta ride this home. Let's go. Verse 10. The Lord spoke to him in a vision. There's this man called Ananias. So Paul's over there. Go back up there, Paul. And close your eyes, Paul. You still can't see. Now while he's in his fire, over here, God is speaking to somebody else. And why do I keep having you to say your name, say your name when no one is around you? Because God says, I'm about to take your name. And I'm about to run your name. Come on, Wednesday. I'm going to give you one more opportunity. On three, say your name. One, two, three. Bishop Kevin Foreman. So look. So the Lord speaks to this man named Ananias in the vision. And Ananias says, here I am, Lord. He answered. Let's go. He says, here I am, Lord. He says, get up. Go to the house of Judas on Straight Street. Pay attention. He tells him who to go to. He tells him where to go. And ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He tells them whose house to go to. He tells them what street it's on. See, hear me, you're about to get very specific instructions. Call so-and-so at 305 and at at this, and watch me, and make this specific request. You're going to get specific instructions. He said, go to the house do this on Straight Street uh, uh, and ask for a man. Straight Street was literally this, literally, it was a straight street that was like the main street in Damascus. He says, and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he's praying. Pay attention. I got you in the fire. You can't see, you can't eat. The only thing you can do is hear and talk. You ready? So, what is he doing? He's praying. And what you don't know is that while you and I pray, God is working. Because notice, he said, he's praying. Somebody say, I got to stay in prayer. All right, verse 13. This is Ananias. Ananias says, Lord, many people have told me about this man and all the harm he's done. Verse 15, God says, go. In other words, did you not hear what I said? In other words, God says, I'm going to turn the hearts of who doesn't want to help. And I'm about to... Make them hell. What's one of the definitions of fire? Force. On three, you're going to shout force and we're going to put a praise in the atmosphere. One, two, three. Force. Put a praise right there. He's about to force it. He's about to force it. He's about to make them give up what's yours. He's about to make them give you the keys. I feel like prophesying. He's about them. To make them approve your loan. He's about to make them approve your offer. Please open your mouth. Say, God's gonna force this. Go, said the Lord. This man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel. You ready? Now Saul still over there just praying. He can't see and pay attention. We know it's three days, but he don't know how long it's gonna last. Ah, I know you might be tired of your neighbor and I could care less because <laughs> you got you got to get agreement working in your life Matthew 18 19 wherever two three touch agreeing on anything shall be done for them in the comments you put it into the comments online you stretch your hands towards me let's go back to the verse here it is you ready yes, you ready for this yes, sir. all right come on please put my verse back up Thank you. He says, go, said the Lord. This man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and to their kings and before the people of Israel. In other words, um, he doesn't know what I have planned, created, set for him to do. He's like this phoenix. He thought he was going to spend his life tearing my church down. He's about to spend his life building my church up. They thought they were just going to pay bills, have babies, and die. But I sent them to rule and to reign and to conquer and subdue. Verse 16. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Verse 17. So he gets there. So Ananias goes and finds Saul. Where does he find him? in the fire. Get in there with him. Thank you. In the fire. Okay. Just say this. Just say, no music. Just say this. Say I'm going to be found. In the fire. In the fire. Now you can put a praise on that. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, wait. Saul if you get out of the fire, here, come here, Saul. Get out the fire. Go over there. Come on over there. See, for everybody that's say, like, God, I just, I'm not going to do it. I ain't doing it. You're going to be so glad that you didn't get out of the fire because God sent him exactly to the fire, which means your help is about to show up in the fire. But if you get out of the fire, fire when your help shows up you're gone and you're gonna have to repeat the fire anyhow which means you gotta get in the fire stay in the fire and say this Wednesday say and my help is about to show up so verse 17 he places his hand on Saul and he says brother Saul he said the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here sent me to you sent me to you you didn't pray for me by name because you didn't know my name you didn't know that you needed me I'll talk over here because they don't shout over here There are certain things you didn't even know to pray for because you didn't even know you needed but God says I'm so passionate about you that I'm going to send you what you need even though you don't know what you need I'm gonna get listen, Wednesday, we're almost done. But can I just get you to release a praise like God's about to send you what you need? Come on, everybody stand, everybody stand, everybody stand, everybody stand, everybody stand, everybody stand. in the building in the line. Everybody stand, everybody stand, in the building in the line. Listen, listen. Say God sent Ananias. Ananias' name means God has given. Where did he give it to him? In the fire. God sent me to you so that you can see and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, this is why I just stay on fire when I'm preaching because every time you think the verse is about to like chill out, every time you think it's time for him to start playing soft music and just, oh, praise the Lord, everyone. Every time you feel like it's over, God turns it right back up. Because verse 18 says, and at an instant. Translation, suddenly. Translation, immediately. Something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and his sight was restored. Speak this over your life. Say, I'm about to get a suddenly. I'm about to get an immediately. I'm about to get an instantly. (laughs) <laughs> I dare you to praise him like you're going to have it by this time tomorrow. I dare you to praise him like you're going to have it by this time tomorrow. I dare you to praise him like something's about to turn in your favor. Yeah! 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 Let's go. Verse 21. Verse 21. You can see now, you can eat. Ananias, you good. This is not the same Ananias. No, 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 stay right there. Verse 21. This is not the same Ananias that got in trouble in Acts. This is a different Ananias. It's a different one. All right, here we go. Verse 21. All who heard him were astounded. So wait a minute. Verse 18, he has a suddenly. Verse 21, he's preaching. The very thing he was trying to tear down. A few verses later. All who heard him were astounded and asked, isn't this the man that wreaked havoc in Jerusalem? In other words, they're like, he changed. He's not the same. Seems to me like he's a phoenix. And people who saw you before did not go recognize you in your new. Verse 22. But Saul was empowered all the more. He's like, the more you all Confused about who I am the more this empowers me because the more antagonism the more passion the more opposition the more zeal the more hostility the more excitement and he confounded the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus Christ is Lord you missed it so I'm going to back it up Acts 9, 22. But Saul was empowered all the more, and he confounded the Jews living in the fire. Which means, Paul now says, I've learned how to live in this. I've learned how to live in a place where I'm constantly reinventing myself. I've learned how to live in a place where I'm constantly growing. Wednesday, I'm over time. I got to go. But you got to learn how to live in a place where you're constantly getting better, where you're constantly being stretched, where you're constantly growing, where you're going through, but that's because you're going to somewhere. I just need you to lift your hands, open up your mouth, say, I've learned how to live in this. I'm always growing. I'm always getting better. I'm always going up. I'm always improving. I'm always reinventing myself. I will not be stuck. I will not be stagnant. God is reinventing me. Put a praise behind that Wednesday. Thank you. Glory to God. Do me a favor. (laughs) Do me a favor. Grab the hand of somebody next to you in the building, online, stretch your hands towards me, or if there's somebody with you, you you touch their hand. Father, you know every fire that we are in. You are the fire, you started it. This is you. So we simply say thank you. We pray for the persons whose hand we hold. And we just pray strength, endurance. <laughs> we pray that they would have the ability to last. We pray that the fire would not kill them, but it birthed a brand new them. That the fire would not wear them out, but that it would make them better. That the fire would not take their fire, but it would set them on fire that the fire would not confound it would not confuse but that the fire would make them greater god we speak strength into them we speak endurance into them we speak life into them we speak favor over them we declare that you are reinventing them and the them that comes out will be better than the way they were when they went in and we thank you that it is so Drop that hand and lift it. Say, Lord, help me in my fire. I was built for this, I was born for this. You're reinventing me in the fire. In Jesus' name. Here's about, eyes closed in this building and online. line. Tonight, quickly, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to the Lord, wherever you're at, tonight's your night. Secondly, if you've given your life to the Lord, you've not been faithful to him, tonight's your night to come back to him. And thirdly, if you're like, Bishop, I don't really know where things stand with God, but I want to be sure, wherever you're at, on the count of three, you slip your hand up in the building online. do the hand wave emoji or say, it's me, God is reinventing you, and he's using the fire to do it. The you that emerges out of September will be a whole nother you. But none of what I just preached applies if you haven't given your life to the Lord. So tonight's your night. You need to become a Christian. Recommit yourself to the Lord. Or be sure, on the count of three, you slip that hand up. No guilt, no condemnation, no shame. Everybody's included. Nobody's excluded. Online, do the hand-wavy emoji or say, it's me. One, two, three. Wherever you're at, hands up in this building. I see you. I see you. Online, do the hand-wavy emoji or say, it's me. Hallelujah. Everybody pray this prayer with me. Say, Father, thank you dine in my place. Thank you for your love for me. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you are my Lord and my Savior. Give me the grace to be a faithful Christian from this day forward. If I fall or if I fail, give me the grace to get right back up again. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, Amen. Listen, guys, you just prayed that prayer for the first time or recommitted yourself? or you're sure. Take your phone out, scan the QR code on the screen, or text HARVEST to 55498. Enter the option for JOIN HARVEST, or excuse me, for SALVATION, and we're going to shoot you a message right away to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. Some of you are saved, but you need a shepherd. You don't have to live in Denver or Atlanta. You can live anywhere across America, around the world. Be a part of the Harvest family. We're a hybrid church. There's more harvesters that have never been in a building than there are that have been in buildings to God be the glory for that. If you know I'm your shepherd, Bishop Orman, how do I know? Sheep know the voice of their shepherd. And if God's connected you to me, it's a spiritual thing. You don't have to meet me. You don't have to know me. You never have to ever touch my hand. But it's a spiritual connection. And if God has made that connection, all you got to do is text harvest to 55498 or enter the option for join 8C. What happens when you join the church? You're just making it clear. I know who my voice is and I'm connecting to my voice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Y'all get some out of this word tonight. Yeah. Praise God. Listen, if you came in late, you weren't able to give, get that ready. If you're going to sow the seal, get that ready. Our seed tonight is 22 for Acts 9, 22. That's our seed. What do you mean, Bishop, our seed? We're going to sow the seal. What do you mean we're sowing the seal? Whatever word speaks life to you, and I'm doing it right now through text to give. Whenever a word speaks life to you, always sow into that word to seal that word. He gives seed to the what? To the sower. Which means when God can trust you to be a sower, God will always get you seed. Where's this at in the Bible, Bishop? First Samuel chapter 9. Several other places. But whenever the word spoke to them, they sowed into it. He said, Bishop, I don't have 22. Get as close as you can to it. I always like sowing double. So let me go and do that now. Miss, why do you do double? Because I like double. Give me double fries. Give me double ranches. Give me double sauce. Give me two scoops at Chipotle. Don't give me no little one scoop. I ain't no little kid. <laughs> and you gotta be careful because they are real tricky with the language. You say, may I have some additional cheese? Extra? No. But you knew when you picked that cheese up, your hand wasn't full when you picked it up.
1: <laughs>
2: I'm not the only one. <laughs> I love you, Wednesday. In the building and online, I love you. How could you give? You could use Cash App, dollar sign, Bishop Form with the number two. PayPal, VidMoselle, GiveLify, that's available. The email is hello at harvardchurch.church. Text to give, that's what I just did. Text the amount to 84321. Tap the link in a Harvard church. When you see the V, that's where you want to be. You can mail it in, P.O. Box 441004, Aurora, Colorado, 844. Say, thank you, Lord, for the word I've heard. Lock this in me. Seal this word tonight. I rebuke the enemy who would try to give backlash to the blessing I just received. That's not happening this time. I'm not afraid of the fire. The fire is good for me. You're reinventing me in the fire. In Jesus' name, amen. That's is passing here at Grape Street online. If you need to hop up on the stream to give, you can do that. I'll be down front to meet and greet you in just a few moments. Hook two or three people on your way out once you give. Let's do it together, everybody. Love God, love people, and love life. I love.
1: Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. So,
0: One app over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Okay, round 2. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino.